All right. Good morning, everyone, and thank you all for joining us today for our third webinar in our What's Next webinar series. This one is entitled Upping Your BI Strategy Game. What is BI and how can you make the most of it? I'd like to take a moment to uh, welcome you to our webinar and to introduce to you who's on the line with you today. So my name is Stephanie Baskerville. I am the content writer here at ProServe IT. And joining me today are two of my wonderful colleagues at ProServe IT. We've got Mihai On, Director of Marketing, and Scott Sugar, uh, ProServe IT's lead for data and analytics. So welcome, Mihai and Scott, and, and, well, and thanks for uh, being on the line with me this morning. And I just wanted to say, folks, quickly, if you have any questions throughout this presentation, you can feel free to use the GoToWebinar uh, go to platform. We've got a questions tab on there, and you can put any questions that you have in, those, uh, in that uh, questions tab. We'll be happy to get those questions answered for you as soon as we can. So um, we wanted to talk a little bit about data today, of course, and similar to you know how an unrefined diamond's value increases significantly when you process it, um, you know, so does your company's data. And during these uncertain times, that we find ourselves in, um, you know, smart database decisions are a must for businesses. And that's, you know, the more data that you can see and understand, the more decisions that you can make and the more successful that you can be. So that's what we are here to talk about today. And with that, I am going to turn things over to uh, Mihai and Scott to begin our webinar. So um, take it away, folks. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Thank you for joining us at early uh, morning at 8 a.m. <laughs> Thank you. So, Scott, um, how are you? Yep. Good. How are you doing, yeah. Mihai? Doing good. Scott is based in Vietnam, so that's why we are having our webinar at 8 a.m. Um, he's the, the brain, the true brain behind our BI um, <laughs> practice here at Prosperity. <laughs> so we. That's why it's dark him. in my window. <laughs> yes, that's why. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, so there's our agenda today. So some intro that Stephanie did. Thank you, Stephanie. And we'll jump right into BI conversation. So what is BI, uh, Scott? So first of all, before we talk about anything else, let's define, um, identify what BI is first. Yes, so business intelligence. Um, you know, Stephanie's... Uh, to uh, the diamond refining process is, is a good one, um, but overall, it's uh, it's taking your the data that you have within your company's uh, systems, um, cleaning it, modeling it, transforming it, um, loading it into uh, a central repository where you can do reporting and analytics. Um, whether that's historical looking um, or predictive, uh, all with the the main aim of, of allowing your uh, managers and executives to make decisions based off of data. Right, right. So with that definition, let's get into some mm -hmm. of our poll questions. So we have two questions for you to get started our conversation today. We really want to um, make our webinar content very much focused on you, the audience who joined today this morning. So hence the questions. First question, do you have a BI strategy in place at the moment? You should be able to see the questions now. Um, on your screen, so if you can please select one of the two choices there. Leave it up for another maybe 15 seconds. Sounds good. Okay, what's the result, Stephanie? So I'm going to close the poll here, and it looks like we've got 38% who said yes, they do, and 62% who said no, they don't. Okay, great. Uh, okay, so next question. How important is a BI strategy to your organization? I'm going to launch the poll again here, and folks, you'll see the, uh, the results there. Or sorry, you'll see the, uh, the answers there that you can select. <laughs> And again, we'll leave it open for maybe 10 more seconds, just to select one of your answers there so we can get an idea. 
interesting results, I'll have to say, so far coming in. I can see them on my end. Great. What All is right. the result? Can we here? publish the results so people can see? Uh, let me see if I can. I'm going to close that poll and share the results here. Yes, there we go. Awesome. You should be able to see the results there, yeah. Yes. Okay. So one of our top three priorities, 8%. Important, but not one of my top three, 67. We haven't thought about it, 25. Okay. Okay, good to know. So uh, based on this, uh, Scott, let's get started our conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sounds good. So uh, we talked briefly about what, what BI is. Then I think from non-export perspective, <laughs> uh, yep. sometimes when I try to understand what BI is and, you know, Googling and uh, trying to uh, search what BI is and where do I start, there were ton of vocabularies that I couldn't really understand yep. fully, like BI, uh, BA, and data analytics and data warehousing and blah, 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 blah. The list goes on. So um, some education here, please educate me. Um, BI and BA and DA, how they all fit in together. Um, Stephanie, if you can go to the next slide, please. Next, next one. There you will see. Next one, please. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So. Typically, I look at the, um, I split it up into you know, data and analytics, um, where uh, data is, um, the, the data side of the house is, is how you extract your source systems or for, from public data sources, how you then transform that data, which is cleaning and, and remodeling it. And then um, where you load that data into. So that's that's the data analytic or data. You know, I would really call that data engineering. And that's that's the the initial work that you're going to be doing. Um, on the analytics side, uh, that's where I typically look at things uh, like uh, plugging your data so or plugging your your central repository data into um, a machine learning or other predictive analytic uh, platform that can help you uh, find patterns or find uh, abnormalities or, or things like that, um, which in concert allows you to then start to make, you know, find insights and start to make data-driven decisions. Okay, okay. So, Business intelligence is more of like overarching concept, and under mm -hmm. BI, you have business analytics that helps you um, understand what's going to happen um, in the future based on the data that, that you have. It could be so business analytics. I would say could be uh, future. It could be present, and it could be past. You can. Um, you can analyze any of those those pieces. Um, you know, the something that is very interesting today is the the ability to do more predictive analytics than we've been able to do right. in the past, um, and that's because of uh, the the more easy availability to um, machine learning and artificial intelligence uh, okay. platforms in the cloud that that can allow you to handle large amounts of data, score that, make predictions, score those predictions, and then uh, uh, and then allow you to continue to make predictions as new data comes in. Right, right. That would be the, the analytics side. The, the data side is, is more um, moving your data uh, cleaning it and understanding how to model the data in a way that your business users can can then help you with that analysis, um, or at least help you with the the creation of reports that that bring some of your data into clearer view. Right, 
Right. One thing that you mentioned to me before that really uh, stick with me is um, sometimes like gut decisions um, uh, business Mm -hmm. decision makers uh, time to time make, which is a good thing. Sometimes you need to make those decisions, but when you yeah. have a BI strategy in place and you have you have the understanding of your data, then they can back you up <laughs> with um, yeah. with your gut decisions, right? Yeah. Have you read? Yes, I'm I'm a believer that I'm a, I'm a believer that uh, uh, gut decisions uh, can can be very useful and, and can be yes. necessary. In, in certain situations. Um, that being said, if the gut decision turns out right, it can be nice to then go back into your data and try and analyze, you know, what, what trends were actually there that maybe I just felt, but now I can actually validate and, and maybe we can now use this as a basis for um, uh, making uh, additional decisions in the future. I, I still think that there's a place for gut decisions, no matter how well you can analyze your data. But yes. uh, um, yeah, I, I think I think there's a, a mix of the two that is very healthy. Yes, yes, I do agree. Okay, so uh, as we um, promised to you guys the um, today the attendees, uh, before the webinar started, we have a dictionary, BI dictionary ready uh, for you. So later today, when we send out the follow-up email with the recording, um, you are going to get also a, a copy of BI dictionary that uh, contains a lot of other terminologies that you uh, will frequently um, see uh, when you are getting into BI. Okay. So most of our webinars, we want you to talk about our customer stories uh, to make it a lot more relevant to you guys uh, today. Um, I think that's where the, the actual goal comes from um, during this uh, webinar. So let's get into, uh, dive into our customer stories. We uh, have three of the customers, amazing customers uh, stories that we want to share today. So let's start it with the marketing agency, um, Scott. Where did they yeah. uh, begin? Um, so the marketing, yeah, yeah the, the marketing agency we worked we worked with, um, they came to us with uh, everything, all reporting being done manually in Excel, um, a lot of reporting being done personally by their CFO uh, in Excel, and they were spending um, they were spending a lot of time on it, and they had actually adopted a new a business critical system, uh, an online application that um, did not have the same data um, extraction capabilities that they were used to. So they they ended up losing uh, some visibility into their uh, uh, business processes and, and overall health of the business. So that's where they came to us. Um, we sat down with them looked at these uh, online systems that they were using to run their business, um, worked with the developers of the, the these online systems and uh, built automated uh, data pipelines uh, that extracted the data from these systems, centralized it into a, a central repository, modeled it, cleaned it up, um, and then generated out reports based off of um, all of those systems. Okay, got it. So who mm-hmm. who came to you from um, from this organization? Who was the yeah. stakeholder who was the state major stakeholder and who was the champion of this BI project? So the, the major the, the champion was the the CFO, um, and it was it was due to the fact that they had lost some visibility into their their business, specifically around tracking their um, their jobs, who was working on those jobs, um, and and how those jobs were progressing through tasks and activities. 
Um, the system they were that they had just adopted didn't have um, great built-in analytics. Right. Uh, and then on top of that, they had um, other systems that were also doing um, other things. You know, one system you're familiar with is, is HubSpot for, for marketing, and that was another piece to it. So right. it was how can we tie all of those systems together so we can say, you know, this lead in our marketing system is tied actually back to this final revenue in our uh, job system and in our accounting systems. Right, right. So it was all around mm -hmm. integration. But the big piece was integration and and making the data available again without having to do hours of manual Excel reporting every day. Right, right. Now, I, I think I mentioned to you before in one of our earlier chats uh, where they actually replaced that key system about a year after they adopted it. Um, right. And moved to another system and they would have lost access to all of that data in the the old online system mm -hmm. we were able to continue to run our automated data extraction up until a few hours before they hmm. um, got rid of the old system and we were able to integrate the data from the new system so they still continue to have uh, a historical picture of their business despite you know in a centralized um, a common historical picture of their business, despite the fact that they've gone through a couple different key business systems. Right. So they did integration of their data from a lot of yeah. uh, different business applications, and they reduced a um, ton of the manual work they were um, used to do doing to get those uh, data from multiple different sources and visualize it so they could be more efficient. And three, mm -hmm. even though they changed um, the system, the business app that they are using, they didn't have to lose any of the data from the previous system because they were doing this BI uh, project. So Yeah, three, because we were doing the BI project and because we were centralizing all the data and putting it into a common format. Right. Great. So they started there. Are they still working with us on BI project on an ongoing basis? Do they have like roadmap yes. for future? Okay. What would that look yeah. like? Yeah, so we can yeah, we continue to work with them. Um their their roadmap is um taking what we've done for their finance department um and uh, doing uh, similar work across their uh, marketing and sales teams to provide that a similar level of visibility out to um, department heads and executives in their organization. And then um, they continue to have different views that they want to see into into their data that we we are able to work with them on to to build off of that central repository and uh, give them uh, additional views and analyses into their data. Right, right. Um, Stephanie, do we have any questions um, before we get going? Want you to be mindful with our audience questions. Not quite yet, but we can certainly just uh, take this second to remind people that if they do have questions, they can type it in. Oh, we do have a question. Um, Fod is asking, Scott mentioned they modeled the data. What is the process you used? How did you arrive on that data model? Awesome question. Uh, there's a, yeah, it is a very good question. Um, there is a four-step modeling process proposed by uh, Ralph Kimball. Uh, back in the the 90s, he initially proposed um, this model, and and what it is essentially is uh, get define the business process that you're looking to to model, um, determine how you want to be able to slice and dice that business uh, business process, um, determine what you want to measure from that business process, 
uh, and then determine at what level at, at what level of granularity you want to um, uh, measure that process at. Um, and, and when you and I talked in the past, Stephanie, I used the analogy of of and Ralph Kimball uses this analogy of, as well of of a marketplace. And if you're in a marketplace, uh, a market, you would say. Okay, well, let's look at the Apple sales as our business process, uh, and then we can determine how we want to be able to slice and dice those Apple sales. Is it by customer? Is it by vendor? Is it by date? Um, and then we determine what we want to measure, which is probably something like quantity and price. And then we determine at what level of granularity we want to measure it. Do we want to measure it at the the level of a an entire sale, or do we want to measure it at the level of a single apple? Um, and and once you have those four pieces in place, that allows you to uh, look at your source systems, look at your and and build your um, desired destination table. What that's going to look like. Right. Does that answer the question? I believe that was a very succinct answer, yes, and I'm just going to double check and make sure that there's no follow-up questions to that, but I think we're uh, good to move on. Great. For now. Yes. Uh, four steps to a successful BI strategy. We wanted to finish our webinar with uh, this slide after customer stories, but the question mm -hmm. came, and perfect. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to our next customer story. Um, we have a customer in food and beverage uh, uh, sector industry. Yeah. Where did they begin? So they came to us with uh, a specific technology, which was Power BI. Uh, and they came to us with uh, a number of Power BI reports already built. Um, they had built out reports uh, on their uh, sales health essentially. So all the different sales they were doing um, and what vendors' products they were selling, uh, these kinds of things. Uh, what they wanted to do is they wanted to um, be able to allow suppliers, each supplier, to see the that supplier's own sales data. Okay. Um, but they didn't want to have to license every supplier because they had hundreds of suppliers and the licensing costs would have been quite high to license every, you know, 200 something suppliers with Power BI Pro licenses. Got so it. they would be able to consume the data. Mm -hmm. um, so we worked with them and used the Power BI embedded uh, technologies. Um, that allow us to build a, an external website um, and then embed Power BI content into that website um, with proper authentication and access control at the supplier level that would allow um, the suppliers to be able to see those reports. That was one piece. And the other major piece was helping them build their uh, row-level security um, uh, functions that allowed them to build a single report, share that out across all of their suppliers, and based off of the row-level security functions that we built with them, um, they uh, were able to have it such that each supplier could only see that supplier's data, and each region manager could only see that region's sales data. Um, yeah, that's where we help them out. Okay, okay. So they want their BI strategy where they started was not just internal use, but external use with their network of suppliers. So it doesn't have to be for other companies, doesn't have to be suppliers, maybe it can be partners. Um, if uh, yep. there's a company working with a bunch of different partners or a bunch of different, I guess, branches too, right? Some um, customers have, yeah, a, a lot of different offices with, uh, globally. Um, then 
you can work with all those people, but very specific data um, to each branch or each partner, each supplier. You can share those data safely um, with yep. this BI tooling. Oh, amazing. Okay, mm -hmm. so I guess the costing was the biggest thing, one of, one of the biggest thing uh, for them. They didn't want to spend a lot of money on uh, um, the BI tool to be able to do what yeah. they were trying to achieve. Yeah, yeah, there was the two main drivers were um, cost and then manageability of the solution after. If you if you build, um, they, they built a single report that they can now manage one report across hundreds of suppliers, as right. opposed to building hundreds of reports, one for each supplier. So that, you know, vastly reduces the maintenance Okay. Um, of the solution because uh, now if you need to make a change to your report you make a change to that one report you don't have to go and make a change to 50 or 200 separate reports okay. um, so that's okay. where row level security mm -hmm. yeah that's where row level security can really come in uh, very handy um, and allowing you to do it in a way that you can uh, check and verify that this person you know you can view reports as an administrator uh, for in that company, they'd be able to review their reports as one of their suppliers. So that way they could go in and regularly confirm that everything looks as it should. This person, you know, this supplier is not seeing anything they shouldn't. This region manager is not seeing anything they shouldn't. So it, it provides a couple of uh, additional benefits there. Okay, so from the admin's perspective, I create one report, but there is section mm -hmm. on the report dashboard that I can click. Okay, this customer is seeing this data. This customer, this supplier, this only this data. So without being a, having to create hundred different dashboards, hundred different different reports, I create one, and everyone sees just their data. Ah, oh, that's smart. That's, <laughs> that's <yeah>. amazing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it, yeah, uh, it helps thing, a lot. Yeah, we, yeah uh, ease of maintenance in in a data solution is is really important. And you know, it goes back to the the marketing agency even um, that that manual effort of building Excel reports and uh, copy pasting data into Excel reports and then pivoting it and then copying pasting out of your pivot table into something else. Yeah. Um, all of that work, uh, you know, for a CFO spending a couple hours oh, yeah. a week on something like that or a couple hours a month on something like that, that, that time adds up really quick. Yeah. Uh, being able to, to automate that um, or being able to reduce maintenance on something means that the solution um, is much more cost effective in the long run. Mm -hmm. There you go. And uh, uh, when I first try was trying to understand what BI is and BI requirements and you know the cost aspect of it too my assumption was this is going to be expensive <laughs> BI just screams well, yeah. to me yeah expensive but you mentioned that um, not every user um, needs to have certain license uh, because this um, uh, what is that thing called again making the power uh, BI embedded Embedded. There you go. Yeah. Um, by yeah. doing that, you don't have to um, provide a license to every single user. Um, so that way, it, it can be cost efficient too. It, BI doesn't have to be expensive. Um, thing that you, um, yeah. That's good to yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. The the idea is to 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 kind of find the balance between cost and and functionality and and all that stuff. Similar in most realms of IT. Right. Good to know. Any questions from the audience, Stephanie? One just came in. Let me just pull it up here. So we have a question from Vanny. Uh, they're saying currently these analysis happen manually in Excel at our business units level. With a BI tool, should this function be centralized in IT? Uh, 
Um, if so, I would say that uh, the manual reporting at the group level um, would, if you're going to automate it, that a lot of the automation or monitoring of the automated data pipelines would be handled by IT, IT operations, um, because it's uh, systems that, if you're doing full um, uh, data extraction, transform, load processes, um, you're probably going to need IT people that can um, manage and work with those technologies. Um, that being said, a lot of the the BI tools now can plug directly into your source systems, and you can start uh, to have uh, to build out reports without having to do a full um, extract, transform, load process. In those cases, those that those reports could still be done at the, the business group level um, with. You know, if someone knows Excel, they can probably learn Power BI or Tableau or other products in the market pretty quickly mm. um, because they are similar to, uh, you know, they're they're a power pivot table on steroids. Some people would would say. <laughs> I see. I see. Um, and the basic functionality is still there, but it allows you to do a, a lot more. So still can be done and still can be automated at the group level without having to dig into or, or um, work with IT resources. Um, although as you get more complex and you're, it's best to have a good partnership with IT operations. And, and mm -hmm. ProServe, we would, um, we often work uh, with clients, both their development teams and their operation teams, and um, use DevOps practices and technologies within the data world as well. Not just, you know, we look at data as a specialized subset of software development. Right. So uh, at each department level, team level, um, the managers and staff can uh, uh, run their report, create their dashboard, and uh, look at the data on a, on a regular basis instead of, you know, monthly basis or quarterly basis. They can see live data um, if they want to make it daily even. They can do it without bothering or bugging the uh, <laughs> IT team. Okay, can you make it happen for me? Can you make it happen for me? They, they don't have to do that whenever they want to see data, right? They can do it themselves um, whenever they need to look at their data and analyze their data, yeah. as long as they have the right yeah. tool in place. Yeah, yeah. And, and most of those tools will support uh, the ability to um, essentially map out the steps that you're going through as you um, clean the data and you know, remodel the data in those tools um, such that even for a business or even for a business group manager, um, they would be able to start to save time on their reporting and analysis using um, a, a BI tool as opposed to using Excel directly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now that, that all being said, um, Excel has taken a lot of the functionality that um, Power BI has and that functionality of being able to get data that Power BI has and, and clean it and transform it has been put back into Excel. Oh, yeah. Um, there's still, yeah, uh, there are still additional benefits of, of using a visualization tool like uh, Power BI or, or, or other. Um, instead of Excel, but a lot of that um, extract, transform, load capabilities that are in the BI tools are back in Excel now. Just the visualization engine isn't as pretty or um, right. as easy to work with. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think one of the benefits uh, from my end, at least, from uh, the department 
head perspective. If I can see my data, like visualize data, not just the spreadsheet, <laughs> visualize data yeah. on a regular basis, whenever I want to look at or whenever I need to look at something, uh, our historical data uh, to be able to forecast what's coming, to be able to make any decisions, that I think that's very powerful. Instead of spending a yep. whole bunch of time to create another report looking at a bunch of different apps, yep. I, I think that's where the, the BI really um, uh, shines uh, from my perspective. So, yep. Yeah, uh, looking at a bar chart allows you to see a trend much oh, yes. easier than looking at a, a table. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, for sure. And uh, by the way, Scott put together an amazing um, uh, Power BI dashboard uh, with the COVID-19 data, uh, which is on our COVID-19 resources page. Um, why don't we share that link in our uh, follow-up email so you can see how those bunch of different data can come into one spot and uh, um, uh, be reborn as a dashboard. <laughs> so we'll share that in our follow-up email. Okay, let's move on to the next customer story, manufacturing um, sector. Uh, what was that customer's objective when they first came to us? Yeah, so the manufacturing company, um, they were uh, fairly uh, advanced in their uh, data systems already. They came to us with a, a data warehouse already that was uh, taking uh, taking data from their um, Dynamics ERP system, so the Microsoft Dynamics ERP system, um, and moving that data into uh, a centralized data warehouse, you know, modeling it, moving it into the warehouse, and then had built uh, some reports off of that data already. Um, the reason they came to us was uh, they have a number of uh, manufacturing systems, these old giant IBM mainframe systems that had, um, had more up-to-date data and slightly different uh, views into their data. Specifically, in this case, it was their inventory and shipping data. Um, and they wanted to be able to take uh, those, those legacy systems um, and take the data out of those legacy systems uh, and move it into the, the same data warehouse that was uh, had all of their ERP data in it. Okay. What is data warehousing, by the way? <laughs> uh, so a data warehouse, uh, the easiest way to describe a data warehouse is that it's uh, another database um, similar to a lot of, you know, line of business transaction systems. But instead of the transactional system, which is optimized for because you're you're performing a, a transaction, you're selling some apples or something, and you write that data into your transactional database system. Um, a data warehouse is optimized for uh, read access, such that you can query large amounts of data very quickly. Um, the other uh, main purpose of the data warehouse is to act as the central uh, repository for your data um, so that you can have multiple disconnected source systems that are all feeding data into that data warehouse. Got it. Um, yeah. Model, I... the idea is you model that data in a common way such that um, such that business users should be able to connect into that data with reporting tools and start to either ask questions of their data or start to build out uh, reports on that data. Okay, got it. And uh, that can be both cloud and on-prem? And if so, yep. any um, specific benefits to each option? 
Yeah, so yeah, all of this stuff can be done um, on premises or in the cloud. Uh, the reason that ProServe typically recommends the cloud is that what we've seen in the past is uh, clients' requirements expand. So uh -huh. as you build out the as you build out a data system, then you start to derive some interesting insights, and the question then becomes, well, how can we now integrate this data, or how can we integrate mm. some weather weather data to find, you know, on rainy days we don't sell as much. Um, so uh, uh, that yeah, that gives us that uh, that ability. Uh, so it, it's a lot more flexible if you use cloud then it can be flexible going forward, depending on your needs, mm -hmm. whether it's increase or decrease, I guess. Um, you can easily increase yeah. or you can easily decrease. Okay. Yep. So you can increase or decrease and you can, the, the really nice thing is that you can increase um, to near unlimited scale in the cloud. Okay. Um, without having to you know pay for it all up front. Um, if you're doing it on-prem and you you don't, buy enough resources at the beginning, it means you have to go back and buy additional resources and set those up and that right. can take time. Um, whereas with uh, a cloud-based system, you can go from, okay, we've got a couple hundred megs to, okay, we've got 10 terabytes. Right. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter as long as, um, as long as you have the money to pay the cloud provider for hosting 10 terabytes. You can do that, and if you need to triple that in the future, it's no problem. And it's all uh, the systems we work with are all consumption based, mm -hmm. um, or give you the ability to uh, run them and pause them, such that you can uh, try to manage those costs as best as possible. I see. And there's no wait time when you need to increase. You can just click a, with a click a button. You can increase. The same thing with decrease. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, with the food uh, and beverage company we worked with, we were able to mm -hmm. scale up and down and even pause their embedded uh, analytics. Oh, so yeah. when they're, you know, when they're not using it or when there's no traffic, we're able to pause that so it doesn't cost them anything and then we can resume it after. Um, yeah. Got it. How about security? Um, when companies think about having their data somewhere they always think about security yep. and they shoot so yep. yeah so you know in the cloud they have uh, a number of uh, well-known security certifications already so things like physical security you don't typically need to worry about at all um, mm -hmm. and then it becomes uh, a question of making sure that you um, apply the correct security policies to the different resources that you're working with, which is something we help our clients with as well to make sure that they uh, they don't um, expose data in in unknowing ways. Right, right. Um, and then for some companies we work with, they have uh, requirements of where their data is kept. So we have uh, insurance companies in in Canada that you know, legally aren't allowed to have their data leave Canada. Mm -hmm. um, so we're able to work with them to utilize both the, the Canada Central and Canada East data centers with, uh, from Microsoft to Got it. Uh, to ensure that their data never, you know, goes anywhere else. Cross-border, yeah. Good to know. Yeah. So what's next for this manufacturing company? What's in their roadmap? Um, so we can... Yeah, we continue to work with them on uh, integrating additional um, legacy systems. So there's still more of these giant main systems that are sitting on their factory floor doing uh, work. So that's one piece. The other piece we're working with them on is uh, uh, Internet of Things uh, devices that are doing um, uh, that are essentially sensors along their manufacturing process that are sending uh, uh, large streams of data ongoing as their um, manufacturing process happens. 
Got it. So working with them on being able to take that data from those sensors, move it securely into the cloud, perform mm -hmm. uh, both real-time and historical analyses on those, and then even feed those into uh, predictive modeling systems that can tell us uh, you know, when maintenance needs to happen of different uh, factory systems and, and things like that. Okay. Oh man, it is already 47. <laughs> um, time really mm -hmm. goes by fast. Hopefully it was the same case for the um, our audience today. Um, any questions from the attendees, Stephanie? Yeah, we've got two here actually. So the first one, um, Fod was just asking a clarification question on the name of the BI strategist, strategist that we mentioned, Scott. Uh, Ralph, yep. was Ralph's last name? Kimball, <laughs> K-I-M-B-A-L-L. There you go. All right. Did you hear that? There we go. And then the other question we have here is from Greg. He's saying, BI projects sound quite big and ambitious, so how would you recommend getting started? <laughs> That's a million dollar yeah. question. Um, <laughs> yeah, so if you, so I think before we mentioned, uh, from the other question we had earlier, we mentioned that uh, um, looking at things at the business process level, um, it can be, is typically the way to start a data warehousing uh, project. And what I would usually recommend to our clients is that they um, they start with one or two business processes that they want to analyze and start that as the initial bite um, instead right. of trying to take your whole business's value chain and try to analyze the whole value chain, um, which is, uh, you know, depending on the complexity of the business, could be six months to a year long project with, you know, multiple staff members. Um, looking at things at the business process level, like we did with the, the manufacturing company, where we said, okay, well, let's look at your inventory. With those, uh, and then, you know, as we uh, make good progress on those business processes, then we can start to look at other business processes that you think will, you know, analyzing those will drive value to the business. Right. So start by side instead of bite size. trying to tackle yeah everything at once. Start yeah. by size. Oh, that's good. To yeah. Know. And yeah. And and the the nice thing about that is is once you've taken the first bite. Um, you started to develop the, the common ways that you're going to be slicing and dicing the data. So by date, by customer, by vendor, by product. Um, and then as you go to take the second bite, you'll find that um, you can continue to use a lot of those common, uh, we'd call them, or Ralph Kimball would call them dimensions. Mm -hmm. So you can continue to use those common dimensions um for the next business process with the the end goal being that um further down the line you're just taking uh the business process the pieces you want to measure and plugging it into everything you already have and then that kind of gives you an ability to continue moving quickly and providing value at you know at as many steps along the way as possible right so the first byte becomes kind of template for your future projects. Yeah, it becomes a, a starting point for you to continue to um, uh, for for your next next byte, next byte, and and then yeah, as you get real far down the line, there probably aren't many new dimensions you're going to be adding. It's just okay. We know our customer. We we've got our product list. We've got all this done already. Now it's just right. plugging in, okay, Apple sales. There you go. Any other questions from the audience? I think we can move on to the next steps, uh, Mihai. Okay, great. Okay, so the next step, um, how can we help, Scott? <laughs> um, <laughs> so what I like to, where, where I like to start with all of our clients, and, and like we did with the uh, the marketing agency is start with a, a BI discovery session. Mm -hmm. uh, in this session, we uh, review a number of things. 
with you. We, we go through what your desired outcomes are. Um, we review your current reporting processes and, and how long those take. Um, we look at uh, uh, your, your measures, metrics, and KPIs. Um, we do a, a review of your uh, data sources, and then we get into some data security and governance requirements to determine what those look like and, and any uh, whether your company has any branding guidelines or anything like that that will need to be followed along the way. Um, with the aim of of being able to um, give you a good uh, roadmap of of where we think you would need to go and um, what which technologies will will help you get there. Right. And how long does it usually take to do discovery session? Yeah. So the project is is a, typically uh, a two day engagement. Um, and it's, uh, there's, there's two four hour sessions that, that we have, or, you know, depending on the client, sometimes we split those up into, you know, four two hour sessions or something like that. Right. Um, so there's, there's that piece where we're, um, working with you and, and reviewing all of, uh, the stuff that I just mentioned. And then the, the other day is, is where we go. Uh, and work with our team to start developing that roadmap and and plan for you to to move ahead. Right, right. Um, that and that's two days, you know, for uh, for a very small small and non complex client. Um, we might even, you know, we'd look at maybe just one day of of effort if they only have you know one or two source systems or or something like that. And then we have clients that are extremely complex and they're coming to us with tons of source systems, we, we still try and gear them towards that two days so we can bite off um, mm -hmm. enough without falling into, you know, analysis paralysis or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's typically what it looks like. Got it. Okay. Um, we have just five minutes left. Any other questions from the, uh, the uh, audience, Stephanie? I'm not seeing any coming in at this time, Mihei, but uh, certainly, folks, if you have any questions, you can add uh, answer them. Sorry, add them into the questions tab there, um, or you can uh, you can email them to us at cloud at com as well, and we can definitely get those answered for you. Um, yeah, but I think we could probably uh, wrap it up actually. Um, you know, and uh, I'll. Turn my camera back on here so I can officially say uh, take care to everybody. But thanks so much, uh, Scott and Mihai, for being on the line with me this morning and for uh, for, for sharing your wisdom with us and for you know uh, educating us on uh, on BI strategies. And I think that uh, you know you, you prevent, uh, provided a lot of great content for us. So appreciate you being on the call with us. And thanks to everybody on the line with us as well. You know we do hope that you uh, you know you were able to get some insight into this and and you know learn from the customer stories that we presented. But uh, certainly if you do have any follow-up questions or anything, or would you like to, you know, explore that uh, that BI discovery session as well, you can email us at cloud at proserveit.com, and we can definitely help you get started. But until then, we'll give you the rest of your day back, and we do hope that you stay safe out there, folks, and enjoy your day as well. So thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.